see everybody in the house of the Lord tonight. Hey, let me ask you a question. How many of you have been praying for Pastor Josh? You don't have to raise your hand, but I just want you to be thinking about it. Uh, we need to lift up our leaders in prayer. How many of you believe that? We need to lift up because guess what? Pastor Josh, if you came to him and said, man, I, I really am going through a hard time, he'd be praying for you. I promise that. I don't know whose uh, little thing this is, but okay, I'm going to put it there. So lift him up in prayer. He needs your prayers. All right. When if you were going to lose a loved one, if, if somebody that was close to you, uh, you know, that that really means something. And so I just want you to know, pray for your leaders. Uh, these these leaders, man, they they pour out their lives to you. They're transparent with you and uh, they would literally do almost anything for you guys. So just take your time. You know, it doesn't have to be like I'm going to pray an hour for Pastor Josh. I'm just talking about when you think about him, just lift up a prayer. Lord, bless him, help him and his family. I know that uh, his grandpa means a lot to him. All right. How many of you are going to do that now? All right. Good. Okay. A few of you. That's better. That's better. All right. So tonight we're going to be talking about work. How many of you like to work? Yes. Okay. A few people love to work. All right. Some of you are like, meh, it's okay. I can take it or leave it. Uh, who, who hates to work? Just be honest. Yeah, I could, I could definitely vouch for that one. Uh, that's my daughter there. So at least she's being honest. But we, some, some of you love to work. Some of you are like, I could take it or leave it. Some of you are like, uh, I, I want to get as far away as work from pro as possible. So uh, let me just share. Is it okay if I share my heart with you a little bit tonight? Like open up a little bit, tell you a little bit. We get to know each other. Kind of like, uh, you know, I'm Oprah and you guys are the audience. I'm going to share my feelings with you. You get a story and you get a story. Awesome. Uh, so uh, let me tell you about my first job. My first job was mowing lawns. Anybody in here ever mow a lawn like for money? Like, okay, a few of you did it for money. So, you know, being a 10-year-old, a uh, really cool guy said, hey, mowing lawns, why don't I name my lawn service Professional Mowing Service? Because it sounded really regal, really strong. But then as I started to think about it, I didn't think PMS would be a good name for my mowing service. So I renamed it Miller Mowing Service. And uh, that was a much better name than my original name that I named it at age 10. So uh, sometimes we do make mistakes when we're doing uh, manual labor, and that's what happened there. So do not name, uh, you know, your mowing service anything like that. I promise you, you won't get many clients. Now, at age 13, guess what I did? I took a babysitting class at the library. It was me and 25 ladies. That's right. Not a lot of men in the babysitting class. Thank you. Thank you. A few of you get it. All right. So, uh, but I, 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 was, uh, I was there for, to learn about babysitting, but there was other reasons that I was there as well. Now, at age 15, at age 15, I became a lifeguard. Now, this was my first paying job that had a W-2 where I had to file taxes. And can anybody guess what my wages were? Uh, for my first job, and this was a legal job, so it was minimum wage. Yes, sir. Oh, I wish. I wish it was $10 an hour. Oh, I wish, man. That would have been great. 
Yeah, almost. $4? It was 15 cents. And then I got a raise to 425 because I did a really good job. That's right. So be thankful. When you guys are like, oh, I want to make 15 an hour. Yeah, so did I. But that was not minimum wage at the time. So I made $4.15. And then when I got a raise, it was $4.25. And it was wonderful. And I remember when I got another job and I got a raise to $6.50 an hour. And I thought I had hit the jackpot. I mean, what a wonderful job. So let's look at our key verse for tonight. So we're going to be talking about work. But our key verse is this, is found in Colossians chapter 3.17. If you have your real Bible, look at it there. If you have your, your, uh, your online Bible, look at it there. If you don't have any of that, it'll be up there probably. So Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. And this is what our whole message is going to revolve around tonight. We're going to look at a few other scriptures, but everything we look at tonight is going to be based on this verse. Now, who is Colossians written to? Anybody know? <laughs> it was a town. The, pl- the, pl- the people of Colossae. Okay? It, it, if, if you were going to write a letter today to somebody, to the church at Prescott Valley, it would be the Prescott Valleyans. That's basically what Colossians means. It's a letter written to the people at Colossae. So these are letters written. So this is Colossians chapter 3, and it says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we're going to look at a few points. First of all, here's what I want to tell you. Because what do you think the most requested thing that I hear in a position of leadership in the church is, what am I supposed to do with my life? What does God want me to do with my life? And so a lot of people, they want this question answered. And what are they really asking? They're really asking, what is God's 20-year plan for me? What is God's 10-year plan for me? Most of the time, it's not what does God want me to do today. Most of the time, they're asking, what does God want for my life for the next 20 years, for the next 30 years? They want it all planned out. Well, guess what? God doesn't operate like that. Sorry, sorry to break the news to you, but, but God rarely operates like that. He rarely just like whispers in your ear your, the whole plan for your life. It almost never happens, almost never. So, but God does speak to you and he can tell you 10 years from now. He can tell you 20 years from now. He can tell you tomorrow, but the primary, what I'm saying tonight is the primary way that God's going to lead you is when you start doing something, okay? So the first, my first point is do, you got to do something. Whatever you do, isn't that what the Bible says? Whatever you do, Colossians 3.17. So my first point is do something. You know, you can ask the question, what am I supposed to do? But you got to start somewhere. There's a song, you got to start somewhere, why not here? You got to start sometime, why not now? You know, a lot of times we're looking for some sp- a pie in the sky, I think, that God's going to speak. God's angelic visitation is going to come down and tell me. But rarely does he work that way. We, we only see it a handful of times in scriptures where we had, you know, an angelic visitation. It's not the normative way that God speaks to us. What, is it, what do you think the normal way that God speaks to you is? 
His word, absolutely. His word. And then in prayer, he'll speak to you. But if he speaks to you in prayer, what will it do? Line up with the word. Like he won't tell you something in prayer that doesn't line up with the word of God. Right? So you can always trust that God's, when God speaks to you, it's, it's either going to be through his word or it's going to line up with his word. He's not going to tell you something that goes against what he's already written in scripture. And so when I talk about doing something, I'm talking about putting your hand to work, okay? Now, let's look at this in Mark chapter 6. How many of you know about the disciples? Jesus chose how many disciples? All right. And how do you think he found the disciples? Well, that's one way. But what did, what did he find the disciples doing? Working. They, were, they had jobs. They were not sleeping at that point. They had jobs. But now, before he chose the disciples, look at, look at Mark chapter 6, verse 1. It says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? So, this is the verse where we base the fact that Jesus, most likely from his youth until he was 30 years old, he was a carpenter. Some, some Bible scholars say that he, that meant he made things with wood. Others said he could have been designing buildings. We don't exactly know what it means back then to be a carpenter. But we do know that he was good with buildings. In fact, they said that sometimes when he was walking with the disciples, the disciples were like, hey, Jesus, look at that building. Look at the temple. They were pointing out architectural things that Jesus might have understood. And that's pretty cool because he was, you know, Jesus... That was his trade before he became the person that we know who is what? Jesus of Nazareth. He was the son of God. But he also paid the ultimate price for your sins. But Jesus was a carpenter. And you say, but he was called to full-time ministry. Yeah, he was. But he also did carpentry work. Okay, so a lot of times people, they want to be in full-time ministry but they, they're not willing to get a regular job or work hard at their normal job. But look at, look at how he found the disciples in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. All right, Matthew 4, 18. Look at this. It says, One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. So these guys were, were not only fishermen, but they were literally in the process of fishing. Jesus didn't go and find people who were just sitting around, did he? He went and found people who were doing something. He, 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 he didn't walk by the shore and see three guys who were picking their nose, right? <laughs> It doesn't say that. It didn't say he found three guys who were, you know, just uh, sleeping. No, he found four people who were fishing for a living. He called to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. They're like, bye, Dad. See you later. I'm going with Jesus. 
I mean, they literally went immediately when they were called. So we see that these guys were in the process of doing something. I see people sometimes chasing their dream, and they're like, I can't work because I'm chasing my dream. Right? But I want you to know that Jesus tells us we got to work. Work is part of our life. No matter what we do, first of all, you got to realize you got to do something. Okay? Sometimes we need to get to work doing something, and then our calling will be apparent. Some of you guys want to be in the ministry, which is awesome, but you're not working hard at your schoolwork right now. Now, how's God going to use somebody if they're not going to be faithful in the little things right now? How's God going to use somebody later on? God's asking for people to be faithful now, and then he calls the people that are working hard into positions of ministry. Even the Apostle Paul was working really hard persecuting Christians. I mean, he was the best at it. The Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of your New Testament, was excellent at persecuting Christians. He worked day and night, finding, rounding them up, killing some of them, putting them in jail. That's what Paul's job was. And then God called him and said, why are you persecuting my saints? Why are you persecuting me? And so he changed him. He changed him. He turned him. Okay? And so we gotta, we got to realize that sometimes we need to get to work doing something. We don't always need to plan every detail of our life. Some of you guys are great planners. You got it all planned out. You got it all figured out. But Paul was on his way to Damascus going to persecute some other Christians. And that's when God called him, changed the trajectory of his life. You've got to have your heart willing and open to be changed. Don't be so set in stone that you're like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be, you know, Pastor Mike, pastor of this church, he had it dead set to be what? A pilot. He loved flying. He loved planes. He loved all that stuff. He still does. But he was set on it. He decided, I want to I do this. But then God, God had other plans. We have to be willing to be changed. We have to be willing to change our plans. We can't be so dead set that we're not willing to change our plans. If we want to listen to the voice of God, we have to understand that. Look at what he did with Matthew in Matthew chapter 9. And Matthew wrote this about himself. Matthew 9, 9. It says, he was sitting... And Jesus went on from there, and he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. Once again, found another guy in another profession at work. And he called him, and he brought him into the kingdom. And so a lot of times, God likes to bring people into the kingdom from other professions, other things. Let me, let me just tell you a little bit more about my story. I was called to the ministry when I was 15 years old. God called me. God, I was, in, it was, I was in Russia, actually. I was on a missions trip in Russia at 15 with a company called Teen Mania Ministries. And I was there in Russia, and I heard God speak to me and say, I want you to go into full-time ministry. But I didn't know what that meant. All, that's all he told me. He, he, all I had was that. I didn't have any more. I tried to figure it out on my own. I'm like, okay, well, that must mean I, I, he wants me to be a worship leader. Maybe, and then it, guess what? I, I uh, got my degree in youth ministry, and I became a youth pastor. And so God, God changed that desire in me for worship and put a love in me for you guys. 
And so I was willing to be changed. And then when I got a little older, I realized maybe God was calling me to a different, older group of people. I don't even know what it means, but what I'm telling you is God's will can change for your life. You have to understand, sometimes you got to start with something, and God will move you here. And then if you're faithful here, God will move you here. And if you're faithful there, then God will promote you there. It doesn't always work that you go from here all the way up to here. Almost never does that happen. God looks for faithfulness. A lot of people look for talent. How well can you sing? How well can you do this? How good are you at school? What does God look for? He looks at the heart. He looks at what, what, what kind of person is this? A lot of people want charisma, meaning they want somebody with a great personality, but God says charisma will only get you here. Character is the only thing that's going to keep you. Amen? So you, you have to realize just because you have a great personality, it's going to get you places. But then how many of you have heard of people who have fallen from a great high place. They were in a great place, either in ministry, in, in their job. They had everything going for them, and then they, they messed up, either morally, they failed, they had all kinds of problems because their character couldn't keep them where their charisma or their personality took them. So you've got to have something more than that. So, so just to give you a little more of my story, I was a youth pastor for 11 years, full-time, couple different churches and I loved it I loved youth and then God told me to start a church so my my wife and I we started a church I did that for five years I worked really hard at it and uh, got people saved people delivered got really good things still keep in contact with some of them Abigail had a lot of fun at that church she was one of our only uh, kids (laughs) at the time it was a small church uh, we were planted it from scratch. And one day after working really hard, the church didn't grow. And I thought I had failed. I thought, you know, I've, I've done what I felt like God told me to do, and I'm a failure. And I said, great, I'm a failure. Maybe I'll never do anything in ministry again. At that point, I was in, I'd been in ministry for 16 years, working hard, preaching, talking to people about Jesus. And I felt like I was following his call. And it was at that point, it was the lowest point of my life. How many of you have ever had a low point where you're like, you know, this is not good. I'm not having a good time right now. You don't have to raise your hand, but you know, if you want to. So I was having a low point. I was like, the Lord's done with me. Maybe I'll just go back into secular jobs. And so at that time I was, I was working at a car dealership, but no matter what I did, No matter what I did, God took care of me. You know, even at the lowest point, you know what happened? In my job at the car dealership, I got a raise. And then I got another raise. And next thing I know, I'm making three times as much money as I had been making. So God told me that your your calling is within you. God, he told me, I placed a calling within you. You can't define what you do for a living by what, how successful you are. God said, you got to define who you are in Christ. That's the most important thing. So a lot of you guys are chasing a position. You're chasing a dream. You're chasing a goal, and that's good. I want you to do that. But don't let the goal or the dream become the definition of who you are. Because if you allow a dream 
You know, let's say you want to be a pastor. You want to be a CEO. And what happens if that doesn't come to pass? Do you think that God hates you? Do you think God lets you down? That's not true. A lot of times we define our successes and failures by how good or bad something happens to us. But sometimes it's circumstances. Sometimes it's out of your control. Sometimes God's got to bring you through something to make you into something. Amen? Sometimes God's got to work something out in you to define who you are. Because at that point, I thought who I was was tied to how well I was able to start a church. And that's not true. And sometimes you guys will start businesses. Uh, I've started a business, you know, and I didn't really do real well at it. I, I had another business with the car dealership, and uh, it wasn't my own business, but man, God blessed me tremendously. So do I define who I am by how well I'm blessed? Or do I define who I am by my character? And so that's what I want to get in you. Uh, it's more important to have a good character than it is to have talent because Talent will only, only take you so far. I've known some really talented people who couldn't show up to work. I mean, I've some people who were talented beyond belief, yet they could never hold down a job because they would never stick around. And they're always living paycheck to paycheck, even though God wanted to bless them and their talents. So talent is only good enough as far as it'll, it'll only take you so far. You've got to have some character behind that too. So first of all, you got to do something. Second of all, you got to do it for the Lord. You got to do it for the Lord. Let me ask you, are you doing it for the Lord? Are you taking the test? You, maybe you're here and you're like, you know what? I just, I'm in school. I'm just, I'm in school, so I don't have a job. So maybe you're in here and you don't have a job and you're like, well, this doesn't even apply to me. Well, let me ask you this. Are you, are you working hard at your schoolwork for the Lord? Like, if, he was, if Jesus Christ was sitting in this chair, and you're sitting here, like, would you do anything differently in your studies? Would you do anything differently in how you work hard? Like, if, he, if you knew Jesus was standing right beside you, would you do anything differently? And if you would, then make the change. If you wouldn't, then that's awesome. Go for it. Go after God. But let me encourage you to do what you do for the Lord. You know, I worked uh, a job when I was 21. I was in between a youth pastor job, and I felt like God called me to go overseas to Australia to be a youth pastor. I had an opportunity to be a youth pastor. Oh, I can take those. Yeah, I'll take those. I'll use it in just a second. Perfect. Thank you. All right, so I had an opportunity to be a youth pastor, and I was raising money. So I was working at Burger King. How many of you like Burger King? All right. I, I, free Whoppers anytime I wanted at that time. It was pretty nice. I don't think they'd do that now. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't real helpful with the weight, okay? So let me be honest. Uh, might, might not have been a great thing. So there I was. I was working hard. Within three days, I was making eight fifty an hour now. Woo! Oh, yeah. And my manager pulled me aside and said, man, Jesse, you, you have a great work ethic. You come, I want you to be a manager at my store. I'll pay you $12.50 an hour. And so, and now at that time, going from $8.50 to $12, I was like, whew. But you know what? I turned it down because I'm like, you know, it wouldn't be fair to you, my employer, to take this because I know I'm going to be leaving in six months to go to Australia. And so I turned it down. Three, 
three weeks later, four weeks later, a customer who had seen me working at the restaurant at Burger King uh, stops me and says, hey, I have a glass factory down the road. I see you always sweeping the floors, always cleaning, always doing this. He said, I'll pay you $18 an hour to come and work for me because I can just tell by, because he would come in and get his Whoppers from my store. So I'm talking about the favor of God because of my work ethic, because I was putting my hand to do something. It's not because of my calling. It was because I was working hard. I was doing it as unto the Lord. In fact, one day I was going to my car after work, and I'm working at an $850 an hour job at Burger King, and there's a big piece of trash on the ground, and I'm just walking, and I just walk right by it. I'm like, oh, next shift I'll get it, you know. Who cares? It's just, you know, just the parking lot. And God stopped me in my tracks. He's like, if you won't pick that up, what do you think is going to happen if I give you a church and there's litter in the parking lot? What do you think is going to happen when you want volunteers to work for you and you're not even willing to pick up one piece of trash on the ground? I was like, oh, snap. So God spoke to me. He convicted my heart. He said, you got to be faithful in the little things. So what? You're working at Burger King. You guys are like, so what? I got a C on my test. I know I could have got an A. Big deal. I'm asking about your heart. I'm talking about what do you want to become? Who do you want to become? Are you doing it for the Lord or are you doing it just for a grade? Who cares what your teachers think? What's more important is what God thinks. Okay, a lot of you guys are just like, well, I, uh, you know, my teacher will be mad, my parents will be mad. Who cares? I, I'm going to even say about who cares about what your parents think. What matters, because, and they do, it matters what your parents think. I'm a parent. What matters, though, if you're doing it for the Lord, I can promise you that you're doing it, that your parents will be pleased with what you're doing. If you're doing it for the Lord. Amen. All the parents say amen. All right. And... Okay, so I'm almost, I'm almost there, okay? Just hang with me for a few more minutes. I see a lot of people who want to be famous on TikTok, YouTube. In fact, your schools like, have banned certain things like from going in the bathroom because of dumb TikTok challenges. And it's because people think, if I just do this stupid thing with the toilet and I, then, and I get a million views, then I'll be rich and I'll never have to work a day in my life. I promise you, like a lot of people think that. If I could just be famous, if I could just be a YouTube star, I would never have to work again, and I could just live on a beach. Well, the, the number of people that that actually works for, like you could literally count on a couple hands, right? It's almost nobody, okay? And in fact, the ones that are successful on YouTube and TikTok, guess what they do? They wake up every day, and they're, I mean, it's exhausting. I tried to do a YouTube channel one time, like, putting that much content out for people is exhausting. Like, I, I just absolutely do not want to do that. That's not my calling in life. But, so if you really want to be successful, even on TikTok and YouTube, it is a lot of work. It's not just like you post one video and you're going to get famous. That's not how it works. So, you've, you've got to, a lot of people want the lifestyle, but they're not willing to pay the price. Okay, let me just open up a little bit more about myself. When I came to the internship here two years ago, you know, I was at a point where I was working at a, at a uh, insurance company. I still own the company. I, it's a little farmer's business. 
So I had an insurance business because I thought, you know, if I, if I get this business up and running, then I can do ministry apart, but I can have that as my income. Because all I want to do is ministry. That's my calling. Like, when you're called to do something, trust me, God will open the doors. And so I said, you know, I never finished my bachelor's degree. And I found out that LifePoint has a program where you can finish your bachelor's degree. And I'm like, sweet, I want to do that. And so I contacted Suzanne and I talked to her and, and she got me all set up. And I started going through the internship. But I also own an insurance business. And I was just... I was just minding my own business, and then uh, Suzanne uh, told Pastor Mike, I, I want to step down. And so Pastor Mike came to me and said, hey, there's a possible position open. Are you interested? And I said, heck yeah. I don't care what it is. Like, I'm called to the ministry. And I, I love teenagers. I love young people. I love young adults. That's my calling. That's, that, that's what God has put inside me. I, it's, when you have a calling... Okay, we're not even talking about calling tonight, but when you have a calling, it will be so strong what God wants you to do that you won't be able to sleep until you do it. And so what did I do? I, I, didn't, I, I never did a thing here for a paycheck. I still don't. I don't care about it. Like, God will take care of my money. I don't care about the money. Okay, that's literally where I'm at. I, I, I trust so much in God that I know that he will provide for me. When I was at that low point in my life, God said, you know what? You're trusting in your talents. You're trusting in your abilities. You're not trusting in me as your source. You're trusting in how well your church could grow. You're not trusting in me as your source. And so when God said that to me, I stopped caring about money. I started caring more about who I was becoming. I spent time on my knees. I spent time in the Word. I started praying more. And you think just because you're a pastor, well, that you automatically pray and you automatically read your Bible? No, it doesn't matter what you do. You can, you can be a pastor and never open the Word except to study for a message, and you'll never grow spiritually in your own spiritual life. God expects us to be growing. And so you got to do what you do for the Lord. Amen? Let me give you two quick verses on that. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. That's a pretty strong uh, thing there. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They're not busy. They're busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. Don't be a busybody. Don't be the person at work that tries to get out of work. I'm almost done, but how many of you like playing with this ball? You... No, but like, do you like this ball? Like, we've had this one for a while, but you love that ball? No, I don't, I'm not going to throw you the ball. But this ball, it doesn't work, okay? This ball doesn't work. It's flat. It's run out of air, okay? It's kind of like one of those lazy workers that just does the bare minimum. You know, it's got air in it, but it's not good for anything. Like, it's taking up some space, but nobody, like, like everybody was asking, where's the pump for this thing? So I went, I went to Walmart today. Now, what do you think of this ball? Like... It bounces. It's, it, this ball works. Guess what? I, looked, I look at the label. The label says Headstrom. Okay? 
And then when I got back, I said, this says Hedstrom. This ball used to be this ball. I got it from the same place. Okay, same ball. It, this one works, this one doesn't. All right? Be the ball that works. All right, that's, all, that's my point there. Be the ball that works. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. The last point is this. Do your work with thankfulness. Okay? So remember, our verse is what? Colossians 3.17. Okay? Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all for the Lord. Amen? So, uh, and do it with thanksgiving. And so we have, have you guys ever seen a clock puncher? You know what a clock puncher is? They punch clocks. They, they can't wait to leave. They're looking at, they're spending out the last hour of work looking at their watch, trying to decide when, when do I get to go home? Some of you are clock punchers right now. You're like looking at your watch. When is Jesse going to shut up? <laughs> well, you hear the music, so you know I'm almost done. But I want to I challenge you with something. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you want to know what God's will is for your life, his first will is for you to be thankful, to do everything with thanksgiving. Look at Hebrews chapter 13. It says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others for which such sacrifices God is pleased. You know, if you live your life with thanksgiving, your life will be much better. I know so many people whose lives are not good because why? They're not thankful. They're not grateful. They're not happy about, about anything. They're always grumbling. They're always complaining. When can I have this? When can I get this? Who can do this for me? Be a blessing. Decide today you're going to be a blessing to others. Amen? So first of all, you got to do something. Everybody say, do something. Number two, you got to do it for the Lord. And number three, do it with thankfulness. And in Psalms, it says that the Lord will surround you with favor like a shield. I mean, he'll literally put ambushes around you. He'll, he'll stop the enemy from coming against you when you're thankful, when you're working hard, when you're doing something. So remember, right now, your job is your school or your job if you have a job. But God, God will promote you. Okay? I got my job here because I was working hard. I, was, I wasn't asking for anything. And Pastor Mike stopped me and said, do you want to come work here? And I said, yes. And he said, this is the pay. I said, I don't care. I know you'll take care of me. I don't care. Like, if God calls you, that the money will come, I promise you. I've had such blessings in my life. How many of you guys want to, well, and I had some you're a blessing, except when you don't work. <laughs> That's you. No. I want that to be you. <laughs> I love my daughter. But at least she admitted that, she, she admitted that she's not a hard worker. All right. So let's all bow our heads real quick. God, we just come to you tonight. I thank you, Father. For, first of all, Lord, we lift up 
Pastor Josh, and we thank you for his grandpa, Lord, for the blessing that he's been in his life. We just ask for peace to surround them like a shield. Your peace, Lord, your favor to be in their lives right now and his whole family, God. We just ask for that, God. And if you're here tonight and you say, you know what, all these things you're preaching, I don't know what you're saying because I don't know who Jesus is. Because everything that I've said tonight is based on who Jesus is in your life. And so if you don't know Jesus tonight, hey, real quick, no, no cutting around. Everybody quiet real quick. This is important. If you don't know Jesus, but you want to know Jesus, I want you to put your hand up. Awesome. Anybody else? I see that hand. I see that hand. If you don't know who Jesus is, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, I know you do. It's okay. But if you don't, and if you don't, I'm not going to embarrass anybody tonight, but I'm going to pray with, with you guys all. So would you guys all join me? Everybody join me. And it's not about a prayer. Everybody, anybody can say words. It's about whether the Bible says if you believe in your heart, okay? It's not just confessing with your mouth. It's believing in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, that he rose from the dead, that he, that he rose from the grave and took all of your pen, uh, penalties and sins on his body, on the cross. That's what you're believing. And so when you pray this prayer, if you believe that Jesus is Lord and that he cares about you, then you'll be saved is what the Bible says. So it's not just confession. It's not just with the mouth. It's with the heart that person believes unto salvation is what we call it. So everybody say this prayer after me. Say, Lord... I thank you that you died on the cross. I thank you that you rose again. I make you my Lord and Savior. Be with me. Help me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Awesome. If, if you prayed that prayer, everybody give the people who prayed that prayer a hand tonight. If you prayed that prayer after, as soon as services, then we're going to...